by the time you hear this podcast, it may not always be the best idea to follow your nose. Yeah, nigga, I'm still fucking with you. Still waters run deep. Still Snoop Dogg and D.R.A. Nah, nah, nigga. Guess who's back? Still. Still doing that shit, Andre? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Check me out. like he's still DRE <laughs> we are still the by the time you hear this podcast I'm Greg I'm Ben and we're back with another episode um, thank you again to everyone listening as we mentioned the last episode we are past 1000 downloads um, I was looking at because uh, we had like we had a bunch of downloads over the weekend mm-hmm. and I mean, it was like 40. I know that's not a lot to maybe some other podcasts, but that that was kind of unexpected for that one day. Um, and I think now uh, our number one most downloaded podcast is still the one about Bond themes. <laughs> but I think number three is our first one. Okay. The so more people are don- are downloading the first episode. So if you're starting from the beginning, yeah, um, they're gonna binge yeah. listen. <laughs> binge listening. Um, yeah, I, I haven't done that with a podcast before. Oh, I have. As I far have. as binge listening, mm-hmm. um, but the ones I yeah. did it with were episodic, episodic. I already said that word. So, yeah. um, if you if you started with the tenth, you'd be lost. Okay. So like yeah. like serial <laughs> and like Lime Town things like that. You got to listen from the beginning. I've been hearing a lot about the one um, S Town. I haven't checked that one out yet. Well, I did. And I I don't know. It's a little weird. It's by the people who made cereal and it starts out very weird. I thought it was going to be more of like a, um, like an actual story line, but it doesn't seem like that. If I I don't, I'm going to give it another shot. Um, I I tried listening to it on a flight and I was like, I'll just watch a movie. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah. Um, if you are flying, hopefully Mm -hmm. not on United, um, (laughs) But um, you can listen to our podcast in several different ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you can check out our website if you're able to use your laptop on that flight. Uh, you can go to by the time you hear this dot com. Uh, you can check out our episodes there and also uh, links to articles and or videos that are connected to the the news topics that we talk about. I think we only started with like episode twenty eight there, mm-hmm. so <laughs> we don't have all of them yeah. on the website. 
But, um, you know, if you get to episode 28 and we hope you do, you can then go to our website and, and get to see some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, if I figure out how to backlog it, we might just yeah, like I'm sure we eventually could. add the rest yeah. of those in there. Yeah, honestly, we could probably make um, one large post. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, computer problems might be almost done. So okay, we'll see. It's It's been acting weird. I've like reset that thing like three times. <laughs> I don't want to buy a new one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, definitely. We can understand uh, starting to save money. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you can listen to uh, on your mobile device, of course, uh, on Podomatic, iTunes, um, Satchel Podcast Player, CastBox, Google Play, and TuneIn. Um, yeah, that is all of them. Yeah, six ways. <laughs> six ways. Um, so again, no excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I is that. Is there like a band practicing upstairs? I don't know <laughs> what they're doing. Who knows? Um, yeah, it happens. So you may hear a little bit of that as we record. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can follow us on our social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this uh, spell with the word you. If you want to follow us on Instagram. You can uh, follow us at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, you can send us uh, questions, comments. Uh, if you're an independent artist and you want us to play your music and discuss it yeah. um, and you're not able to get to us on Instagram, uh, that's fine. You could send us uh, your music there. And, um, uh, episode suggestions. Um, we, uh, we'll definitely take those. Yeah. We're always down to hear that. All right. So let's get into our music news. Uh, well, the first thing we're going to do, we're going to, um, <laughs> we're going to have fun with the, the nickelback of EDM, the chain smokers. Um, I bet they don't even smoke. <laughs> I bet they don't. <laughs> you want to do the, the, the video or the album review? Uh, I guess the album review first, because okay. that was the Rolling that was Rolling Stone, right? Yeah. So the Rolling Stone reviewed the Chainsmokers' most recent album, Memories. Uh, their headline is "It's a drab, monotonous whinge." <laughs> um, I you know I didn't know they did that. Uh, the song "Selfie" hashtag selfie. At I didn't first, know that let me take a selfie. Da, da, da. That was Chainsmokers. That was them. Yeah. Oh God, they never said a chance. <laughs> Um, I can you know what then knowing that they've come a long way like Chainsmokers have really come a long way if that's what they that's what they started out as I mean that was like garbage like (laughs) Um, and then they had of course Closer which was spent 12 weeks at number one uh, last year and they were okay (laughs) they Their music is considered soft future bass. I don't even know. Okay. Um, and uh, they did, and they did not release a proper album. That was an EP that they came out with, and um, it says they achieved chart dominance without releasing a proper full length, and could probably have bobbed along pop's waves for another year or so with yeah. EPs of self-serious moping. That is what a lot of their songs are. Um, so basically they, um, 
they say their only highlight on the album is uh, the song they did with Coldplay. That was my least favorite song <laughs> that they um, did. And uh, hmm. they said uh, their well, the song they did with Florida Georgia Line. And they call it a pseudo inspirational <laughs> album closer. And they said they're turned into a rubbery backing vocal blur. Oh, so even they messed up Florida Georgia line. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can check out uh Rolling Stones review of it. Um, mm. It's not very long, no, but basically it's, they're saying it's whack. They gave it two out of five. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think they're becoming like the new, the new group to rag on, you know? Yeah. What was the group to rag on? Nickelback. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah and now they're the Nickelback of EDM. So, and the Nickelback, <laughs> and they of got artists. with the Nickelback of country and it got worse. I just now need them to do a song with Florida and, and like <laughs> all together, you know, like floor it's like gotta be chain smokers featuring Florida, Florida, Georgia line and Nickelback. It's gotta be that. And then like, um, the apocalypse. It's the only thing I can think of that might happen after that. Yeah. That sounds like a song that would be performed at Coachella. Probably. Or Bonnaroo. Some some that. music festival. Shaky Boots. <laughs> no. No. Wait, they can't. won't let them they won't let them come to Shaky Boots. No, that can't come that can't come to Atlanta. No. Oh man. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean I get it. I mean, like some of the songs are do they write the same song over and over again? Yeah, but I'll say this, what I've said about Nickelback, um, for every, for every artist that says like, oh, they write the same song over again, over and over again, I could probably point out 10 artists that are like, I would love their chart success. Mm -mm. So it's just like, sometimes it comes off to me as jealousy. And then sometimes it comes off to me as, you know, on my high horse. I don't know. I mean, I like a couple of the songs. Some of the songs are garbage, are straight garbage. I'm not going to lie. What I'm, uh, there is, there is a watch mojo list. Of of top ten artists whose songs sound the same, mm -hmm. Nickelback is on there. Yeah, um, it, the video was made before we knew of the Chainsmokers. Okay, um, I think number one on the list is Lil Wayne, or he's pretty high up. <laughs> yeah, he. So I'm actually would be looking forward to a Chainsmokers Lil Wayne song, so I can like not listen to it. But I think that's going to happen pretty soon. Hashtag that and see if they do it. <laughs> is chain smokers on rock nation too i don't know, I don't know. but um, they, they will be <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're gonna make fun of the chain smokers some more mm -hmm. um shout out here to john fasseld who made a <laughs> he made this video on snapchat uh in which he pretty much breaks down how every chain smoker yeah. song is written so we'll play a little bit of that and uh and then we'll play the song he actually made in the style of the chain smokers <laughs> Which it's is pretty funny. It's so. hilarious. All right, here's the clip. All right, so basically you pick three chords. One is going to be your bass, and then you go one step down to a major, one step down, major. So your chorus is literally just going to be this. Just walk it up and down. This is all closer was. Just fucking... So once you have your chords, it could be this one, it could be, I don't know, fucking, <laughs> so 
basically you want to find lyrics that talk about um, how hard it is being white and in love. So, <laughs> so I've decided on a central theme. So this new one by them, the theme is like myths and shit. Uh, my theme's going to be champagne. All right. So you want to make it sound yeah. like you're edgy, but not edgy. And you want to follow whatever note is on top of the chord you're playing. So when you have this one, you sing this note. This one, this note. Like, you know, we drank champagne when we were young. <laughs> I know that you weren't the one. <laughs> Maybe you, you keep going on about, like, you know, your parents didn't let us go out. <laughs> and then the breakdown's like. Alright, alright, I'm gonna choose these chords now. Every chord he's playing is right. That's what's so You're crazy. The one. You said to me that night on the. Like he's about to lose want, it too. Like, a little breakdown before the, the the big breakdown, so it's gonna be like a lot of just random thoughts, just like. Okay, so, um, you can say he's like breakdown, you know, making the song. So this is the song he actually made called <laughs> "Our Own Way." <laughs> um, this was the completed product. Never-ending synth break, and then it's an octave lower. It says, "Oh shit, an octave lower." <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that's uh, every Chainsmoker song you've ever heard. Go find this video. I've I've been reading that people have been playing it and fooling other people into thinking this is a Chainsmoker's Chainsmoker single. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this home and play it for my girlfriend and be like, "Hey, have you had the new Chainsmokers?" And see if she's like, "Oh my god, this is really good." <laughs> So, uh, shout out to John Fasold. Um, that's pretty cool. Now um, people want to see him do it with other artists now. <laughs> there, I did see a video. Suggest, I think it was another, a different, um, a different channel. Mm -hmm. But someone said uh, how every Alt J song is made. <laughs> so. I could see, I could see that. I was listening to their album commentary today too. I didn't know they were British. I never bothered to look into them really, but yeah, I could totally see that. Does he use, is he talking about the same vocal effect he uses on every song too? I have I haven't watched it. <laughs> okay, I gotta check. That I just out. I just saw it on the suggested videos, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I might start looking for these. Like if people know how every song is made, um, mm -hmm. what well, how how certain artists make their songs. 
I've suggested to Ben that we should do a chain smokers challenge. I think that'd be very funny. And see if we can make our own songs like the chain smokers and then see if we can fool people and mm-hmm. they get to do chain smokers song. Um, so yeah, wanted to have fun with the Nickelback of EDM, the chain smokers. Like, is this why Mark Ronson hates them so much? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's, well, no, Mark Ronson's British. Maybe that's his friend. I don't know. It's like, oh, every, every bloody song sounds the same. And he's like, I'll make a video and expose them, Mark. um so we have some uh some touring news um i wanted to mention this because i'm interested in going to see their show when they come to uh atlanta uh gorillas Mm -hmm. is going on tour um i know you may be thinking aren't they a uh, an animated band (laughs) literally an animated band or virtual band excuse me um but i've been a fan of theirs for for a long time actually since since I was in high school, yeah. I bought their first album. Sometimes I think people forget they've been around that long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're doing their first tour since, um, well, since the last album they made, Plastic Beach. Uh, well, their first since making that album. I think they have one more in between there. Um, but they will be, uh, for their new album called Humans with a Z, they'll be going on tour starting in July, July 8th in Chicago. <laughs> And they will finish at Miami's Three Points Festival, which takes place in October. Um, but when they come to Atlanta, I think they're coming to the Infinite, Infinite. Energy Arena, mm-hmm. formerly known as the Arena in Gwinnett. Yeah. Um, there will be some guest artists that may join in certain cities, including Jenny Beth from Savages, Danny Brown. Benjamin Clementine, De La Soul, Dram, Pevin Everett, Anthony Hamilton, Grace Jones, oh, wow. uh, Kalila, Mavis Staples, Vince Staples, Popcon, Pusha T, and Jamie Principal. That could be. And um, there'll be many others expected. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to find. I thought there was a there was a page on their tour, but now I can't find it. Okay, so this is a world tour then, it looks like. Um, at least, uh, well, there's their first one is their first date is in the UK, but that's just what, that's like kind of a one-off thing. So they're based, the rest of the tour is North America. Okay. So yeah, they'll be at the infinite energy center in Duluth for those who are in Atlanta. They will also be in Toronto, Boston, Philadelphia. Um, excuse me. Um, after they play in Columbia, Maryland, they'll They'll go to Japan for a couple of days and then come back. Um, they'll be in San Francisco, uh, New York, Detroit, um, Kansas City, Las Vegas, uh, Morrison, Colorado, which is where the famous Red Rocks Amphitheater is. Um, oh, Key Arena still in Seattle? Yeah, it's still I thought open. They tore that down. The Seattle Storm still play there. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So, wow, we have to wait till October. All right. That's ways away, but it's, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, I'm look. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to make my way there to, to see that. I haven't been to a concert at, um, there yet. And that's why I was surprised that you said you would go, because I know arenas typically aren't your thing. Well, not Phillips. I don't want to go to Phillips <laughs> for a concert. But Duluth, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Fair enough. Fair enough. So maybe my one and only 
um, <laughs> one only concert at Duluth. Um, so yeah, you guys should, uh, check that out. I'm looking forward to their album, uh, coming out. Um, I think it comes out on the 21st. No dates for the, um, the tickets go on sale for the tour on the 21st. So check that out. Um, one story that interested me, well, actually let's get to some, uh, our charts, chart mm-hmm. updates here. The number one song is the shape of you still, still yeah. by Ed Sheeran. Oof. He's been up there, man. He's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, humble. What debuted at number two, it dropped to number three. That's what I like by Bruno Mars is still, well, went back up to number two. Mm-hmm. Um, rounding out the top 10 sign of the times by Harry Styles debuts at number four. How, have you heard that single yet? Um, I listened to it for about 15 seconds. Not very good. I didn't care for it. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not as it wasn't really into one direction's music. Yeah. Um, and some of the songs like didn't make sense to me. I don't know what steal my girl is actually about. Like the, oh, the one direction song. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds stupid. Or I've, story of my life doesn't really make sense either. I, I kind of like I that know. song, but you're right. Their lyrics don't make much sense. Um, even where do broken hearts go? Yeah, n- yeah. A lot of their songs are just. It's kind of cool. they're like a British uh, new kids on the block, in which actually a lot of their songs don't make sense. Either. Oh no, step by step, no. <laughs> yeah, we but... can have lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, number five is the Nickelback of EDM mm-hmm. and Coldplay, uh, something just like this. I Spy by Kyle featuring Lil Yachty. I feel like I've heard this song, but that might have been somebody else. I don't think I've heard it. I don't think I've heard that song. Um, Mask Off by Future is number seven, um, which there are a lot of videos on Instagram and Facebook of people playing the flute now along with that song. Really? Like the flute is cool now. Mm, I don't know, man. I have to agree with uh, with uh, D.L. Hughley from his old stand-up that's just sound. That's the soundtrack to an ass whooping. I guess. <laughs> like that's just, yeah. Maybe that was the idea when the song was made. <laughs> Along with Molly and Percocet, um, you know, oh, whooping somebody's ass. Um, number eight is Exo Tour Life by Lil Uzi Vert. I feel I feel old. I have not heard this song. Um. Is that the one where it has like the, some people are like doing the, it's like the, some dance where you just have, you just, you have your elbows at your sides and you just kind of rock back and forth really oh. slow. I don't know if it's that same song, but anyway, um, number nine, Sam Hunt's body like a back road. I never yeah, heard that song. I've heard that before. Yeah. And number 10 is Paris by the Nickelback of EDM. <laughs> If you don't know who that is by now, <laughs> rewind. <laughs> um, we'll just give you the top five albums so we can keep it moving along. Number one is Memories Do Not Open by the Nickelback of EDM. Um, debuting at number one. Um, number two is Drake's More Life. Number three is Divide by Ed Sheeran. Number four is Pentatonix Volume 4 classics ep 
And number five is All American Badass by Joey Badass. Um, what 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 else is there for the Pentagon for Pentagon to do? What what else is there? Uh, What's even on this EP? All right, they have Bohemian Rhapsody. So yeah, they don't write their own stuff, do they? they it's mostly well, it's all covers. Yeah, yeah, they only do covers. Um, Imagine. So I guess that's John Lennon, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Okay, so there, are they going on a USO tour? Who knows? Because I, mean, I imagine they have to tour extensively to make any money. Because they're not um, making money from these recordings. Um, number, uh, Over the Rainbow. Take On Me. Okay. Can't Help Falling in Love. And Jolene with Dolly Parton. Oh, that could be good. They did. I know there's a live performance of that. They, they did Jolene with Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus. I like Miley Cyrus's version. She did a really good version. So, if y'all like, I don't, they got two or three Christmas albums. Um, I, like, look, if y'all like Pentatonics, I mean, I could take them in, in doses, in doses. Yeah. Um, but Hey, if they're out here like, touring and making these albums, you know, more power to them. It's just very weird that, you know, people are buying it. <laughs> well, one, yes, that people are buying it and. Are they able to make any money or just the people they're covering making any money? I'm sure the people they're covering are making money and they're making money from performances. So yeah. they're, they're probably out there like really like they probably put on a hell of a live show. Um, I mean, I don't know where they're performing and making appearances, but yeah, that's that's incredible. I mean, like they're like 10 years ago, had you said like there's an acapella group that's going to be famous. I would have been like, shut up. No, you're lying. Yeah. And now they're yeah. I might have been like, oh, is, is Rockapella coming out with some of you? <laughs> like, I'm just, are they like the Kelly Clarkson of the sing-off? Like, they're the only people that have... I'm trying to think, has anyone else from the sing-off been this big? No. The, on, um, the only acapella group, like, primarily acapella group that I know had some success was... Uh, what was the name of that group? They did um, they did a cover. I feel like I mentioned this on the on this on this podcast. Um, it was, they did a cover of, uh, only you. Mm-hmm. And they were on, I was watching the, um, it was a BBC documentary about top of the pops. Yeah. Um, the flying pickets. Never. Heard of them. Okay. <laughs> they, it was a number one song in the UK. Mm-hmm. And as I may have mentioned before, uh, in the UK, Having the number one song at Christmas is, is big, a big deal. Yeah. And that was the number one song at Christmas. Okay. And they were on they were on top of the pops. And the thing is with in the eighties on top of the pops, I may have also mentioned this, like they tried to get like the big names. Like yeah, they tried that. to get Michael Jackson and they he never performed on there. <laughs> they could never get him. So they just got artists that uh, they tried to get as many artists as they could in the studio. Uh, to perform their song Mm -hmm. and the flying pickets, because this was, it was a big song, their cover of only you by Yaz or Mm -hmm. Yazoo, whoever it's credited to, it's the same people, but, (laughs) um, they came back like for six or seven weeks straight. Oh, wow. To do, (laughs) to do that song. I mean, it's, it's a chart 
show. Mm-hmm. It was a chart show to where like these are these are the top twenty songs or whatever. Yeah. But if they had an artist to come in and sing the song live, they would come and do it. Well, quote unquote live. Mm-hmm. As live as <laughs> you can get with Top of the Pops. Um, but yeah, they just kept coming back to do it, and because of what their um, because of the of the success that. It ended up being the number one song at Christmas. And this was 1983 when synth pop just really took off yeah. <laughs> at the time. So, um, yeah, another little musical history lesson. There. <laughs> um, one more thing I wanted to share with you. Uh, not many people know this name. If you, I guess if you're not really as into reading the liner notes or the history of how some oh, songs are yeah. written, but Sylvia Moy, um, uh, songwriter with Motown during the 60s and 70s, uh, passed away last weekend. Uh, best known for co-writing with Stevie Wonder. She co-wrote uh, Uptight, My Sharia Moore, and I Was Made to Love Her with Stevie Wonder. Um, uh, Stevie Wonder said, how do you stop loving the ones you loved for a lifetime? You don't. Yeah. Sylvia Moy has made it possible to enrich my world of songs with some of the greatest lyrics um, which a uh, statement he made, he said, but not only that she, through her participation in our co-writing, those songs helped me become a far better writer of lyrics. Yeah. Um, and what, and when he made the people are familiar with his song fingertips, which is like his breakout song, he was only 13 years old at the time. Um, he struggled with both a change in his voice, in his voice and a dry spell uh, with the songs and Barry Gordy, was about to drop him from Motown and Sylvia Moy persuaded him to keep Stevie wonder on as an artist. So they ended up working together. Um, she also co-wrote with him along with Henry Cosby. I'm wondering, and science children delivers never had a dream come true. Uh, which was the last song they wrote together. Um, but of course, obviously they've stayed friends and, and all that. And basically she, you could say she saved his career yeah. if he was almost dropped from Motown. Yeah, because what I think Uptown, Uptight came out shortly after that. Yeah. Um, which is still one of my favorite songs by him. Really just um, epitomizes, I think, his Motown era, in my opinion, his sound from that era. Because yeah. nothing he did really, I would say, like when he started doing like um, Talking Book and Songs in the Key of Life, he wasn't really, he didn't have that sound anymore. Didn't have the Motown sound. But, yeah. So, yes, it's quite different. It's almost like a tell of two careers, if you will. Yeah. Well, then there's a third career, which was the 80s. That which, you, um, we don't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about it. Yeah, he, yeah, we know he won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and probably one of the worst of his popular songs. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Upset stomach from a broken heart. <laughs> That's all you need to say. That's all you need to say. <laughs> I, I believe that was a demo. <laughs> and Barry Gay's like, no, we'll take it. Yes, we're going to use that. <laughs> um, and uh, in 2006, Sylvia Moy was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to mm-hmm. lie; she was someone I was not familiar with. Yeah, it it, it, it was you know an, um, not a not a familiar name to to a lot, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, for people who know a lot about who would go, you know, who know a lot about Stevie wonder and his career, you know, she's definitely appears to be an important figure. Yeah. So rest in peace to Sylvia Moy. 
Um, that's going to do it for our music news. Um, make sure we're still recording here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Ben, why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? All right. It is, um, another one. Thanks to Spotify and my, um, discover weekly. The song is called helpless, uh, by a band called Emerosa. I believe they're from Kentucky. Um, I'd never heard of them before this, but they had a few million, you know, listens on each song. So I mean, apparently they have a following, but, um, I'd never heard it really good. I love the drums at the beginning. That's what kind of drew me into the song. Um, and then it's just, it's just a smooth song and yeah. Um, let it play until after the second chorus and you'll really hear why I liked it. Cause I thought, I thought I was going to go into it more, but you, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. All right. So yeah. check it out. This is from their album one, three, one, which came out last year. I thought it was I three I at first. <laughs> Oh. But it's, you know you're right. Okay. It's one through one. Okay. I just, yeah, I was... <laughs> so this is "Helpless" by Amarosa, and we'll be right back. Somebody listens to Bobby Brown. <laughs> and then, ironically, 
the very next week, they put on our own in my Discover playlist. <laughs> I think Spotify is trying to tell me something. But yeah, that sealed it for me when I heard that at the end. <laughs> I was like, are they going to like do a live mashup here? <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So that is uh, Helpless by Emma Rosa from their album 131. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his own defense. Yeah. <laughs> They're from Kentucky, so maybe <laughs> yeah, you're in the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're gonna get to our um indie Instagrammer of the week real quick. This is um I believe it's pronounced Jackie Ton or it might be Jackie Tone T O H N. Okay. Um, she is um. She is an actress and comedian uh, and a singer. And um, she is going to be on a, in a, oh, is there a movie or a series coming out about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? Nothing more of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah. That sounds weird. No, I've never heard of that. You never heard of that? Gorgeous mm-hmm. ladies? Mm-mm. That was a, that was a thing in, in the eighties. <laughs> where it was basically like WWE, but with female wrestlers. Interesting. Um, I never heard of that. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. A wrestling. Um, glow. <laughs> yeah, it was called Glow. Oh, God. Um, actually, Jackie Tone was on American Idol season eight. Hmm. Um, Maybe she heard our American Idol episode. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Yeah, this this is actually like she liked our oh, okay. our post about the American Idol episode. Um, so uh, she was on. Yeah, she was on House of Lies. So she she's an actress and comedian. Um, and she says that she's gonna be, yeah, she's gonna be on the Glow, which is it is a TV series. So she's gonna be on that, and um. Why does this air? When? Yeah, I've never heard of this thing. Um, it's supposed to air this summer. It's going to be on Netflix. Okay. Oh, so it's back, basically. Okay. No. No, it's going to be a new. Is well, it's going to be a fictionalization of of, of that okay. of Glow from the eighties. Gotcha. Okay. It also will have Allison Brie. And Mark Marin. Okay. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, and she's also playing Gilda Radner in a futile and stupid gesture. I don't know if that's a play or a, a movie. So she'll be playing Gilda Radner. Um, yeah. So, um, He's actually kind of famous. Then I'm sorry, I've never heard of you, Jackie. Yeah, but I didn't watch American Idol, so yeah. um, I was already behind the eight ball on that. <laughs> um, but she does have, um, uh, she does have a couple of. Uh, well, she does have an album and a couple of EPs here, so. Um, she on Spotify? Yeah. Okay. So do you want to hear Deep Like 
or what may be a cover of Son of a Preacher Man? Deep Like. I don't want to hear a cover. All right. So Deep Like, I don't know if this is a comedy bit or a comedy song or anything like that, but this is Deep Like by Jackie Ton. Well, there's a thing happening on the World Wide Web, and this is what it is. It's when you go really fall back on Instagram and like somebody's pics. <laughs> See, when you're that far back, be careful where you tap as you go deeper and deeper. Oh, God. the person's gonna wake up to the notifications, and you gotta look like a creeper. Deep like, baby, deep, deep like, baby, deep like, baby, Oh, God. Deep, deep, there's some truth right here, though. Yeah, this is. <laughs> Alright, so he- here's what I did. You're gonna look like a creeper. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Why? Why, God? You see, I was in a coffee shop, minding my own one day. When I met this dude and looked him up, got carried away. It was a double tap and frenzy. The heart kept coming up. I found his last name on his backpack and his first name on his cup. Well, Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm adding this now. Instagram was like, look, Jackie, people are posting dick pics on our app. Some of them are underage. Jackie, how are these kids going to get jobs? I was like, you right, you right. Oh, yeah, this is getting an ad right now. Oh, God. Deep like. So, that's Deep Like by Jackie Tone, or Tone, I'm uh, not sure of the pronunciation, but that is by far the funniest song. Oh, God, yes, that was <laughs> in this segment. Uh, but it, there's a lot of truth. For people who are mm-hmm. who are um, insta-stalking, you got to be careful. Don't look like a creeper. <laughs> she said it. You got to be careful. That reminds me of, um, there's uh, someone I follow on Instagram, Jill is black, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is it is a black girl. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she said uh, she was talking about how you know, so you you know, you're you're stalking someone on Instagram, and uh, you're you're in there pretty deep. Yeah, and you accidentally like a picture. Basically, she was saying like the only way to get out of it, you have to like all the pictures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that person know. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm like, I like what you have. Yeah, <laughs> I did that. That's kind of why I like the feature now where you can just hold your finger on the picture and it pops up bigger. That way you don't have to risk clicking into it and double clicking. Yeah. Like, it's just easier. I think they knew, like, this is happening. Like, this is happening. Because in, in, it kind of helps with um, when somebody has videos. Mm-hmm. And you want to play the video, but you have to tap it yeah. to hear the sound. Mm-hmm. You may accidentally double, double tap it. Yeah, it was funny. It's like even if you take it back, they still get the notification. Exactly. Like you got to work on that. On, like on come that on Instagram. Instagram. It like, should go away if you, they unlike it. Mm-hmm. The notification goes away immediately. Mm-hmm. That's like some I mean, Enron. why can't we do that? Some Enron stuff right there. You count the notifications even though I'm taking it back. <laughs> yes. Um. It's so yeah. Like. <laughs> Check out uh, Jackie Ton at Jackie Ton, uh, J-A-C-K-I-E-T-O-H-N on Instagram. Um, thank you very much for the like, Jackie. 
I'm pretty sure Preacher, uh, Preacher Man is probably a, a funny song too about her like um, making it with the preacher's son or something. I don't know, but yeah, that's hilarious. That's um, she's good. I like her. That is from the album for the record Tarantino original cast recording. So is it Quentin Tarantino like songs he's featured in his movies? Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Son of a preacher, man. So maybe a cover of that. Um, so let's get into our main topic. We started the program with Still DRE by Dr. Dre featuring mm-hmm. Snoop and um, is known for its uh, its iconic piano riff. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a good intro. <laughs> like it's a really good intro. And that classic piano riff was played by one Scott Storch. And, um, yeah, I didn't believe that yeah. was his real name at first. I was like, yeah, I had, no to, I had to look it up. Like that sounds too, too made up, right? Yeah. Too, too catchy. <laughs> Scott Storch. Like it's too catchy to be his real name, but he's from Canada. So, you know, that's what they do up there. Have <laughs> weird last names. Um, and it was the song that, uh, like Dr. Dre had not really been around for a long uh, time, about yeah. seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was part of, this was the first single off his second album, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the, it was the first single from 2001. Yeah. So, um, uh, Scott Storch, um, uh, played the piano riff mm-hmm. on there and, uh, he is credited as a co-producer, so people were saying, "But that's that you know, Doctor Dre produced all his own stuff. Uh, he had help, yeah, and that's okay. He had writers, <laughs> he had writers too. He had writers. He wasn't, admittedly, he wasn't the best rapper, so he was okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, our topic tonight will be kind of a producer highlight, but it's a kind of a, um, uh, it's almost like an episode of Behind the Music. Yeah, because he didn't have. I mean, he had a happy life, but he didn't have a happy life. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a, yeah, this is a guy to where this was kind of the, like an extreme example of the producer, the music producer being a celebrity, yeah. especially the hip hop producer being a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Yeah. You may know Timberland, mm-hmm. but he was also an artist. Yeah. So, but this was Scott Storch who was just. I don't want to say like just a producer and musician, but he wasn't, you didn't hear him like vocally on songs. Yeah. Uh, Timbaland like did his own songs eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, along with being a producer. Um, And then along with the Neptunes as Pharrell becomes, you know, an artist in his own right eventually. So, but, but compared to them, you know, Scott Storch is an extreme example of the (laughs) producer being a celebrity. You know, if you look at, you know, the, who he worked with, the hits he was making, mm-hmm. like if you guys look up, like we have the, um, as of this recording, as of right now, I, I made the, the playlist public, you know, the, the, the hits from Scott Storch yeah. and, um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty impressive list. Yeah. Uh, you know, he produced, um, uh, Candy Shop mm-hmm. by 50 Cent, which was a hit for him. Um, he produced 
uh, Naughty Girl and Baby Boy for Beyonce from Dangerously in Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he did Shutterbug, which is a favorite of Ben's. Oh yeah, gotta love that by song. By Big Boy. <laughs> uh, he did uh, Chris Brown's first two singles, mm-hmm. Run It and uh, Give Me That. Um, he did Fighter for Christina Aguilera. Um, he did Let Me Blow Your Mind with Dr. Dre, but that's with uh, even Gwen Stefani. He produced that with Dr. Dre. He also did Make It Rain with Fat Joe and Lil Wayne. Um, you know, he produced uh, and co-wrote Cry Me a River. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did uh, Family Portrait by Pink. Um, he he was in the roots, mm-hmm. so he did uh, you got music, me, which was ooh, that was so good. <laughs> and he did um, don't say nothing by the roots. He produced that one, and that was that's really like the only song in which that only song I've heard to where it doesn't sound like there it it doesn't sound like a band. It sounds like it was a you know a hip hop track that was produced. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the roots did. Which kinda made me sad. Yeah, it made me sad because that's what I like the roots for is that live sound. So um and he also did Lean Back, uh which just takes me right back to West Georgia. <laughs> um at either the mansion or Spiral Gyro the slash Z's. Oh goodness, I forgot about the mansion. <laughs> um that song was played uh, there a lot. So, um, I guess, you know, with any of these songs, Ben, I'll, I'll um, ask you, like, what what do you think of when, when you hear any of those songs that, that he's produced? Man, catchiness. Um, and I guess, too, to kind of go back to the video that we watched right before, um, I could see now how, like, it seemed like he was, these they were effortless for him. I mean, maybe it's because he was he's a classically trained pianist from, I think, like, age seven, eight, nine, something like that. He's He's been playing piano forever. So these songs, are they're effortless for, effortless for him. Um, and I could tell, like, maybe, like, that just is, I don't know, like, keyboard players, people who, who play piano are typically, like, very creative writers. Um, and a lot of his songs were not only catchy, but they're kind of creative. Like, I mean, like, the beginning of the of DRE that that piano riff like that's just who thinks to do that who thinks to put that in a song and make that the main riff um but then he can also go and write something that's like a cohesive like more traditional type song and you got me which you know he wrote the i'm sure he wrote the keep that on keyboard um and then just the song sounded very and this will kind of sound like an insult but i don't mean it as an insult they sound very timely like when you hear the songs you think like it always reminds you of that time like if you made that beat now, eh, it probably wouldn't be as big. But if you hear like, oh, snap that, like you said, reminds me of West Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Still, DRE reminds me of like high school. Like it's just, yeah. you know, like that's what these songs remind us of. Um, I was uh, actually listening to uh, The Six, mm-hmm. um, Michael Smith and Jamel Hill, and they had Chris Pratt uh, promoting the Guardi- Guardian of the Galaxies okay. movie. And... They asked him like they like he said in an interview like his his favorite album is Dr. Dre's 2001. Really? Yeah. Huh. And how he like listened to it when it first came out, um, just like on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, just with that, uh, 
with that album, like it, it yeah, it does take you back to yeah. a time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he tapped into it. Like he really tapped into it. Like who knows if, if Dr. Dre doesn't meet Scott Storch, who knows when 2001 would have, would have actually come out <laughs> being the perfectionist that he is. <laughs> because that's really <laughs> the last album he made for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like the massacre reminds yeah. me of college run. It reminds me of like all of these yeah. songs, like run. It was like synth pop R and B at its finest like that. You know, it was almost like the introduction of Chris Brown. <laughs> it was the introduction of Chris Brown. This was the first song. Chris Brown. Like, we're going to, you know, we haven't played a lot of music the last couple of episodes, so we're going to oh, yeah. play something. Throw some run it in there. Stitch storage. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Featuring Jill Santana. What happened to him? What's he doing? He's on Love and Hip Hop. I think he's he he took a he took some time according to the show. He took some time off, mm. and now he's trying to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, this was the sound back then, man. Yeah, he sounds well. Does he sound the same now, Chris Brown? I think he sounds the same. I don't think he's really <laughs> like he's a better singer, but like. He sounds the same. He sounds like a, you know, I have you saying things, believe you can't be 16. Like, this you still sound 16. 2005. He's been around a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, I remember all the dancing in this video. Too. Man, I, man, this was the jam back then. This was the jam. He's your man. Like, what would he do, though? Like, if it's, what would he do if the man was on the floor? <laughs> Chris Brown gonna fight. Oh, oh, he might hit her, as we know now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Maybe he'll just run. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this like sign of the times, like, like you know, like oh man, what was if someone was like, oh, what was early two thousands, mid two thousand, you know, early two thousands, uh, pop R and B, like, oh, play this song. Um, I think, and I don't know if it made to your list. I'm trying to find it now. There is an album that. Uh, um, the song that he worked on with Paris Hilton oh, was really no. nice. It was um, I didn't put that on the list. It's called uh, oh God, what is the name of the song? It's like actually the best song on the album, ironically. Um, let me see here. I think it's called Turn It Up. There's a song called Turn It Up. Yes. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Play play that real quick. There's, you can you can hear more examples of Yeah. I think she said his name. <laughs> yeah, she said his name. <laughs> That's how I knew it was him. And I was like, oh, snap. All right, Scott. So then, of course, you know, you have to wonder, did he make it with her? Um, and they dated, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably how she got him to do this song. Yeah. Um, and it just makes me wonder, did she date him to get this song? And was she, did she cause, cause I mean, she's skinny. Did she cause his habit, his nose candy habit? <laughs> I'm seriously trying to think. Cause I mean, like, how do you, I mean, you go from like to be one of the hottest producers in the game. And you, as you said, it's not so smart to follow your nose. You snorted all the way. Um, this was, this was from 2006. Mm-hmm. So this was in like really, really at, at his peak. Yeah. Um, 
And I think it, it may it may be at a point because it's Paris Hilton and because of you know what she was known for at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It might have just been like, you know what? I can make a hit song for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anybody. Were they dating before or after this song? Uh, man, it. I would think it's before. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, where the, if they mention Paris Hilton at all in this article, they do not. But. Um, well, he does mention it. Maybe I don't know if we'll if we'll get to it in the um, in the interview. But he did an interview with uh, Sway in the morning uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and he talked about his ex girlfriends. So let's see if um, all right, it's it's coming. Give me just a second. All right, let's see if he mentions it at all. Damn, dog! I was. You see my freestyle on that intro? No, he was giving it the most. Boom, 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 boom! Last time, um, well, we've seen each other since, but the last time we hung out tight is um, in Miami. Yep. <laughs> so this is from uh, 2013. Is he always wear those glasses? Was sitting on the water, um, and I saw yeah. success <laughs> in a way that I had never experienced. Scott Storch wearing his signature Scott glasses at that point. I never seen this, dude. There was a guy who was around him 24 hours a day. Okay. And his sole purpose was to roll the blunt. Wow. I got to keep my fingers right for the piano. So, I... so <laughs> that might be worse than Hammer. <laughs> uh, well, like uh, we mentioned before, we st- I mentioned before we started recording in another interview, there was mentioned that his his expenses and we'll get a little more to that but you know uh by 2006 he had made 70 million dollars probably in the span of five years That's a lot of money <laughs> and his expenses got to a million dollars a month in which he had a blunt roller mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. okay now the guy's actually doing something like yeah. with hammer it was like hey what do you do uh i stand on the side of the stage <laughs> like this hammer didn't want me to be homeless <laughs> it's like He's like, what? Like, but why? Hammer find out he didn't have no job. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess the. Yeah, I guess you can make that reasoning. He's actually doing something. Yes. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's do it in this interview. Yo, and I was like, Scott. Hey, I mean, like, does he? This is all he does, and that's all he did. Yeah. He was good at it too. I, know. I watched him. Oh, shit. I, was, I was good at the music when weed was all I did. Yeah, yeah weed was all you did, right? And then uh, okay. then you graduated from weed, right? You know, yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And, and, yeah. um, I went to L.A. So I'm going to skip forward a little bit. LA that man? Oh, I can't hang out with my people anymore. And I, I would come down to Miami because Scott did. I had an artist named Sly Boogie. Oh, right, you right. This? And Scott was doing tracks. You know, say. Yeah, dog, I'm with Kim right now. Huh. I can't really hang out. Of course. What? Still cool. Get the Kim cook? What's huh? your cooker? Huh? What's your cooker? Not really. Not really? <laughs> Made reservations. Made reservations? Oh. All right. How much money? That's Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim. You I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then that, y'all went your separate ways, right? It was amicable? 
Yeah, but we 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 still homies to this day. Still homies to this yeah, day. Yeah. Kim's real people, man. Oh yeah, yeah Kim is. No, she you know, she's real. She stays real with her, her fan, you know. Yeah, and, and she's very loyal, and she expects people to be loyal to her. You know. <laughs> I think um, someone's saying about Lil Kim. Kim Kardashian. Yeah, that would take us off topic. Oh, well. What was that? How did that? Oh, happen? he did a Kim Kardashian. Uh, randomly. Yeah. Just randomly. It was a brief interlude in my life, but yeah, she's good people. Uh, Damn, he ain't saying nothing about her. Is he scared? Um, dating, I guess. I was with Paris at the time. Paris Hilton? Yeah. You were dating Paris Hilton too? Yep. And we were working, we were making an album, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that was a point in my life where I thought it was cool to be like on, you know, hanging out with celebrity chicks yeah. and all that. But I kind of grew out of that. Mm-hmm. You know? Scott, you was kind of a slut then, basically. <laughs> I was a man whore, yes. You was a man whore. Um, and, and he so had no shame. Does that mean if you work with the woman, at that time at least, it was important to have relations with her? What? Relations. No, <laughs> no, no. I, you know what? That actually complicates it. But, you know, you usually end up somewhere mid-project and end up messing around. Mid-project, you end up banging them out. Uh-oh, uh, banging them out. Oh, damn, so it just went straight to it. That you said Kim Kardashian was one of your favorite sex partners. Whoa. Is that true? Right that. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's nothing, there was nothing wrong with it. It was good and all that. But um, it, it, it really, um, I've had... I've had some moments in my life, though, you know. What it's makes the sex great? Um, that's something I can't really, you know, that's just something that you feel. I guess it's like chemical, or, and you know. I don't you don't want to say. Yeah, he's trying not to answer the question. So he's got, he's got a, there's it. an NDA out there. <laughs> <laughs> Did Chris Jenner make him sign it? Probably. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Like, you don't leave this house. <laughs> or Ray J has some dirt on him. Ooh, maybe Ray J was there. <laughs> hey, after seeing the video, um, it, I wouldn't put it past them. Anything for a dollar? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that was the first tape, and it just didn't get. It didn't get like oh, it's not time yet. Not time, <laughs> you know. Um, I did see on on all Def Digital they made a a, a video because I think last week was the ten year anniversary oh, God. of that sex tape. But anyway, look back to. Mm-hmm. Back to the topic at hand here. Um, so this that was an example, kind of, of how um, he was a celebrity mm-hmm. producer, and he even said himself he he thought it was the cool thing to do yeah. was to hang out with these celebrities. Uh, with Paris Hilton, um, they were dating at the time this album was being made. Yeah, and I think it was just it was being made and. Like I said, I felt he he just he thought he could produce anybody. Yeah. Um, well, if he's regardless. as egotistical as he seems, then yeah, he probably did think that. Like, I'm Scott Storch. I can make a hit. I can, you know, I could fart on a track, as they would say. <laughs> um, yeah. So this was, like I said, it's one of those extreme examples. Um, and you know, mention who he's who he's worked with. You know, also Ti, the game, mm-hmm. Nas. Um, uh, of course, he was a member of the Roots. Um, and uh, by like I said, by 2006, he had made about 70 million dollars, but he also picked up a cocaine addiction yeah. at that time. And at a point, it said he. Into August 2006, he took a month off and vacation in Hollywood. And a friend said it was just a wonderful year, but I think it was defined by the magic month of August. 
he ran into the Hollywood class. And when he went to Hollywood, all things changed. Mm -hmm. He withdrew from producing, focused on partying with his friends at a $10 million mansion. He also purchased a private jet, a yacht, and nearly 20 luxury cars, about half of which he estimated he purchased high on cocaine. Which is crazy. He squandered $30 million in less than six months. And by January 2007, was in dire financial straits. Um, it drained his inspiration to make music, the cocaine addiction, that is. In mm -hmm. one instance, he left Janet Jackson in the studio waiting for five hours. Yeah, she says he got really shady around that time. Um, and she said, um, and that's the best term I could use. He went from what his normal vices were to suddenly becoming a person who's infatuated with a drug. And I saw it constantly. So even while he's working, <laughs> yeah, he's getting high, you know, that's crazy. Um, uh, what, what do you think may have, what, what do you think could cause something like that? Like you have this guy who is, um, classically trained musician. Mm -hmm. Um, he starts working with big name artists and producers. Like I said, he's worked with Dr. Dre and Timbaland and, he may not be cool with either of them anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't, he's not cool with Timberland, according to that one song. Really? Um, you're the song, uh, give it to me. The song, it was Timberland, Nelly Furtado, Justin yeah. Timberlake. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a line that Timberland says, where he's like, I'm a real producer and you're just a piano man. Ooh, <laughs> that was directed at Scott Storch. Ooh, interesting. I mean, honestly, I think, cause he was like, you know, I was good when I was on weed. A lot of musicians, you know, like to take weed. I'm not take weed. Drink, uh, not drink weed. Jeez, what am I trying to say? Smoke weed. You drink weed now. I guess I don't can. think I don't think it was thought of at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but like you know, they'll they'll smoke weed for inspiration. They say I can't make music without it. Honestly, I think the cocaine was to because since it's such an upper, I think the cocaine was to help him work longer hours. Like it's probably like, man, I'm tired. How can I work harder? Hey, man, you just sniff some of this stuff and you can go all night. And next thing you know. He's he can go all night. He can go forever. Um, and I think that's really what did it is that desire to continue to push himself to make even more. Because, I mean, like he was then he was able to charge what um, six figures for a beat. Said he was able to make him another 15 minutes. So who knows how much he's pumping out, pumping out if he's taking cocaine. Yeah. Um, if you look at his. Um, like the playlist that uh, have on Spotify are really just the mostly the singles, mm -hmm. but you know, he's, if you look at his full discography, he's, um, producing whole albums for, uh, let's see, for example, what we got here, when he's really started, may have really started pumping him out. Um, he did several songs on Christina Aguilera's strip stripped, including can't hold us down and fighter. Yeah. He did. Um, I wonder if that's how he met Lil Kim. Yeah, maybe. Um, he did a couple of songs with with Beyonce. He did three songs there. Um, and based on how Beyonce has put albums together <laughs> in a very short period of time, mm -hmm. um, who knows how long it took him to do those three songs? Yeah, maybe the length of the songs is how long it took him to make them. <laughs> You know, um, he did a couple songs with Mario. Um, he produced Let Me Love You, the song uh, written by Neo. Yeah. 
Um, he did songs. Um, he worked with Destiny's Child. He has a remix of Cater to You and three songs that were unreleased. Yeah. Um, so a lot. So there are a lot of unreleased songs on here. Um, along with what was actually released. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. He even worked with MC Hammer. What on what song? Um, there's a song called Hammer Time. <laughs> oh my god, I was hoping you say pop that collar. I was hoping. He's automatically a legend. Yeah, if he if, <laughs> if he did that we'll, song. Once we find out who produced it, they're automatically a legend. <laughs> yeah. Um of course Paris Hilton, he produced uh seven songs for her. Uh, also see Okay, the, what year was this? 2006. All right, these are some questionable artists they work with here. Well, kind of questionable, thinking that he could just produce for anybody. There mm-hmm. was Paris Hilton, of course, yeah. uh, Jessica Simpson, mm-hmm. um, Khalees, Ludacris, JoJo, Brooke Hogan. <laughs> I forgot about Brooke Hogan. Um, Styles P, Nas, Tyrese, The Gang, uh, uh, Benzino. Um, <laughs> okay. They, I mean, I guess he was just like, I can do anything. Yeah. That he could just get and that. He could work with any and everybody and get them a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so eventually if you're driven by your own ego mm-hmm. and the cocaine, yeah, I think that's the illusion that it's helping. Yeah, you know, you see in some movies, possibly like more during the '80s, where someone just casually does cocaine, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they seem like a normal functioning person. Or have you seen the movie Flight, Denzel Washington? Yeah, amazing film. <laughs> yeah. So, so after we're supposed to go to court or to go to the hearing, he got so he got on a bender, and then here comes John Goodman. Does a little bit of cocaine. Okay, now he's ready to go. Did he get a Did he get an Oscar nom for that role, John Goodman? Because he should. No, have. he, he should, should have. But he, he did was not. so good. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's like yeah, it's it's an upper, and maybe movies make light of it. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. like if you think about it, that movie kind of made light of it. Like, oh, get drunk all night the night before and got to go to court in the morning. Take a bump, you'll be fine. Like, it's not a line. You'll be fine. And maybe that's what it worked like that the first time. It's like, oh man, I'm just gonna do coke just once. And he does it, and it gives him that lift, and he's able to work longer. But then, you know, when you run into that again, and you're tired, like, oh, man, energy drinks ain't doing it. I don't know if they were a big thing back then, but energy drink ain't doing it. I guess I'll do another line. And then next thing you know, it becomes an addiction. And At least it didn't, he didn't progress to meth. Not I'm just going to try this once. <laughs> <laughs> not even once. And it's, and, but, you know, the addiction, he said the addiction got so great that he just lost the desire to make music. And it just yeah. became about the addiction, about the, the the cocaine, just to get high. And so, you know, it's it's kind of sad. I mean, at least he finally came to a census. But, at the, you know, by then, you know, he was broke. You know, he was, what, 15 cars, all about half a million dollars each. 20 the, cars. 20 cars. Ride to the mall. He said he spent half a million dollars there. Like, how do you spend half a million dollars at the mall? Like, what are you buying? You just buying jewelry and clothing and people? Like, what are you doing? Uh, it, uh, it got, um, I mean, you hear a lot of stories about drugs, about how it can, how it can affect people. Um, 
and how like as far as musicians like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be inspirational or you know it gives the, it puts them in a certain headspace yeah and i think that's what um a lot of musicians want to get to they want to get to that headspace to where they can be creative and yeah. kind of open up their mind or whatever mm-hmm. um and sometimes it can get it can get carried away uh uh it can it can kind of get away from them um this may be another future episode of the story of um, Sublime. Yeah, Brad Knoll. Uh, yeah. Watching, um, there's an MTV show. It was kind of like their version of Behind the Music, yeah. but it was supposed to be like more visually appealing, I guess, called Biorhythm. I remember that. Okay. I never watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Um, Biorhythm and when Fox Sports had a show called Beyond the Glory, which mm-hmm. was like behind the music but with an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they behind Beyond the Glory and Biorhythm looked like the same show, like mm-hmm. they had the same like editor or something. <laughs> but they talked about on Biorhythm with with Bradley Knoll, um, to where he had to um, he had to be high on like heroin or whatever. Yeah. So he'll be able to write. Um, it's crazy. And it's something, it's like something that he did once and he felt like he wrote a great song. So he kept doing it mm. and he felt like that was the only way that he would be able to make music is by being high. And, um, and with something like heroin, yeah. Uh, and how, you know, how powerful that addiction can be. Is that, is heroin a hallucinogen to make you hallucinate? I don't know. It's just drugs. They're all drugs. (laughs) They're all drugs. Because I know a lot of musicians feel like if you're on hallucinogens, um, like, you know, like LSD or like, um, you know, just something like that. They just, oh, that just makes me right. I can, I can feel the music. Um, It's an opiate. Yeah. Euphoric effect. Yeah. So, yeah. It's It's crazy. Yeah. I can, and, I mean, I don't know if maybe Scott Storch felt that way about cocaine. Like, I, I just feel like yeah. Hyper. I mean, it felt like like with something like cocaine and what it can do to you. It's like, did he feel that if he went to sleep, <laughs> all his creativity would just Vanish, go away? Yeah. Like, I'll lose this <laughs> song if I fall asleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, because if he was he's pumping out all these songs and he's having all the success as a writer and producer, um, to where he, he made that is incredible. $70 million mm-hmm. in five years or maybe less than that. Yeah. Um, and that's just for making beats. <laughs> yeah. He, he was, he was not an artist. He wasn't selling albums. I mean, I mean, most of it's like, okay, producer credits and writing credits, mm-hmm. But still, that's, still that's a lot. Yeah. That means you have to have some very successful songs. Um, and I mean, I guess just lucky for him, he realized it before it killed him. Yeah. Like it might have, you know, I don't think it's necessarily ruined his career. I'm sure he can make a comeback. I think he's he's still doing something right. Yeah. Well, let's see the um, his most recent projects. Um well, I see something from 2016, All Eyes, the game featuring Jeremiah. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, I just, I'm just, for that, like, reading this, of course, I didn't know his story before you kind of hit hit me to it or whatever. Um, and it's just kind of one of those things, like, good thing it didn't kill him. 
because it uh, seemed like it could have been that bad to where like he could have either you know died from an overdose or even since he basically went broke could have died just trying to get a score like trying to score yeah some cocaine from the wrong person and next thing you know you're yeah he um he's worked with uh Chris Brown on his EP uh he did a song with DJ Khaled um he did a song he did the song Sorry uh Rick Ross and Chris Brown uh, he did a song with Fetty Wap last year. Um, I guess those are the only credits that we, we know of. So in recent years, the last couple of years, he has been working. Uh, mm-hmm. He also worked with Mario um, and more with Chris Brown. So, um, so the people that he's worked with before, someone like a Chris Brown or mm-hmm. Rick Ross, um, he can still work with those people. So, you know, there's an interview said he burned a lot of bridges. Um, I feel like with Timlin, maybe Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. but at, at least he, he, like you said, you know, you're right where you said that, you know, at least he realized it before, it before ruined, it killed him yeah, and just ruined everything. I mean, cause it, it could have been worse. Yeah. I mean, like you're, you went bankrupt. Okay. That's, that's not cool, but it could have been worse. Like, you could have ended up in jail. You were, you know, using a very illegal drug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's widely known. I think that could have been one of those instances where the cops just sit on you and just wait. (laughs) Well, this was, like, he was, like, he had a mansion in in Florida. Mm -hmm. And... That just screams. (laughs) Just, I'm using cocaine. Like... (laughs) on I've heard of Dan Lebitard's show, Miami. Where everyone's a DJ and a pharmacist. <laughs> um, so, I mean, not to blame Florida, but that's just kind of that's just how Florida is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think it part it's they like said with him being a he became a celebrity. I think he was just seduced by being a celebrity and being in Hollywood by you know the Hollywood lifestyle. Um, to where he's dating one of the most famous people in the world at the time in Paris Hilton, mm-hmm. uh, someone who would become one of the most famous people in the world in, <laughs> in, um, in Kim Kardashian, or he was, you know, working with and had a relationship with, um, at the time, still the best female rapper at the time in Lil' Kim. Yeah. Uh, and it was at a time before whatever she did to look like how she looks right now. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, let's see. No, I was, well, so since you mentioned the Timbaland thing, I was trying to see if I could find anything and yeah. it's on the list of complex.com's corniest rap beefs. <laughs> yeah. Apparently like this was a beef. <laughs> between them and now this thing is acting weird but I think it was over Cry Me a River hmm. and that's what probably makes it corny yeah to where somebody said that the other didn't do all that much but they still get credit I think so this web, <laughs> the website I'm trying to open doesn't want to work oh they have Ice-T versus Soulja Boy is number three um, but yes yeah, number four um, what is is what is wrong with this website Complex. maybe you can get it Cause like, it's not wanting to, like, I'm, it keeps taking me to these things. I don't want to go to, 
and it, it cites the line where he says, you just a piano man. But that's, that's hilarious that, um, that they're beefing. Like it's just, what's it ranked? Okay. So it's number four. Okay. All right. Let's look into that. This was from 2007. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. He just felt he deserved more credit. So they took the battle to wax as it says. Huh. Um, yeah. Storage felt he created, he, he deserved more credit. Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah. They, they, we both admitted to being wrong in the situation, in the situation. That's yeah. what Scott Storch would say. But what mm-hmm. did Timberland say? Nothing. <laughs> he didn't have to say exactly. He didn't have to say anything. <laughs> um, I think it's at it might be a point where people forget maybe that Scott Storch even worked on that. I song. didn't even know until you told me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Scott Storch wants more credit. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, I know we're, yeah, with this episode is going to be a little shorter than what we had <laughs> normally done, but it's actually the length that was what we wanted to go with in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess, what do you think is, uh, do you think that, I mean, right. He's 43 years old. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, the roots were early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see yeah. that now. Yeah. He's done a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's done, um, do you think that he has the, um, do, do you think that it could happen that he can make this comeback like full circle or anything? Mm, maybe if he can still see that the, the thing is, and I guess this has really been the common theme with a lot of the producers or the writers in which you've covered adaptability and the one person or the few, the, you know, the one person I think that has adapted the best that we haven't covered yet, but I know we will later. It's Max Martin. Like he had his sound. Um, and then when the tide changed, he changed stock. Um, the hit factory, I always say their names wrong. So I'm not going to try the hit factory stock. Like Aiken Aiken and Waterman. Waterman. Yeah. I'm going to say stockman. I don't know why I would say stockman. The stock Aiken and Waterman, they didn't really change their sound. Right. Um, the Matrix ugh, didn't really. Um, Teddy Riley kind of did, but like, I, I don't. I mean, I can't. I don't know what happened to Teddy Riley. Like, I feel like Teddy Riley could still be making music if you wanted, but, but like, if Scott Storch can keep his finger on the pulse of what's popular, maybe he could make a comeback. But if he comes out here, you know, trying to make another run it, I just don't think that's gonna. That's just not what the people want nowadays. So. No. Um, I think the, you can, I think there, he has influenced others. I don't know if they would really say it, but I think what he's done, you could hear it in other producers, mm-hmm. maybe from a, a Mike will made it yeah, or DJ mustard mm-hmm. or um, what's another big producer that's out there. Um, well, really, those two, those are the first two that come to mind. My <laughs> mind's going blank. It's been a long day. Um, but uh, I guess we could play here before we end our discussion here. Here's another clip of um, how this he may give like a little bit of a rundown of how his songs come together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 
if no. you Ooh. ain't up on things. Yes, wait. Storage live Everywhere in. we go. Play some more, um, some more familiar riffs that you were behind that people would know, and just call them out real quick too. Oh, this was what uh, my first Grammy in ninety or two thousand seven. Okay, that was for the roots. Uh, what else you got? I got a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. What's something that people know? What, huh? Something people that people know. Love it. <laughs> Little Beyonce. Now see, now this is one of the few Beyonce songs I like, <laughs> and I was, I was kind of floored when I found out he wrote this. And you hear that chord structure. Like, so that's ah, when I was saying, like, dang, the creativity you so get from fun? someone who plays piano. You can just, the chords you can play are just so, they're so much better. That's why I learned piano. Like, the chords are just better. a lot of change that's happening. I think, especially in hip-hop, when you see the work that Kanye is doing uh, with Jesus, And, you, you know, you hear the work that, uh, you know, Tyler, uh, the creator from Our Future, and, and even Earl, who was here earlier, Earl Sweatshirt, when he goes by Random Black Dude as a producer. Mm. You know, you see in sounds really <laughs> stretch the boundaries of what people thought uh, hip-hop should sound like. When you listen to J. Cole's album, uh, even Mac Miller's producing uh, right now. What do you yes. what do you think of the condition of the music well, this is right 2013. Now, music? Uh, I think it's almost going through some repair, actually, because um, I'm finding that um, it's, you know, it's cool for me because there's a lot of keyboard-based keyboard-driven music that's out there, so I'm just taking mm -hmm. advantage of that and, like, you know, putting, uh, you know, a little different kind of vibe on the drums, like, you know, modernized and had to rethink. From For me, I had to modernize and, and update and stop feeling like, you know, I know how to make records. Like, there you go. There's a new way to make a record. Yeah, you so go. I would like that. It's really about just vibing out and staying current and keeping up with trends. And then so, yeah. Um, so he understands. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that's that will help him if he's yeah. going to make this come. It's gonna, it's unrealistic for, well, I guess for us to expect. I mean, maybe his ego is big enough to where, hey, it could be two thousand five, two thousand six, all over again. Yeah. <laughs> nope, you got to work for it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be well, it would be unrealistic for us to expect that. Yeah, that level of success. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um just as as a musician he understands like okay um things have changed mm -hmm. um you know uh i can still you know as every producer wants to do wants to have something that stands out mm -hmm. um but still you know adapt to the times mm -hmm. or whatever so um i hope it works out yeah. you know i i'm not expecting another still dre <laughs> you know um I would like him to write more stuff like me, myself, and I. Like just listening to him play those chords. Um, yeah, you just man, you don't you don't get that from non-piano players. Like when it mm -hmm. comes to writing, someone who just is like who just goes into the studio and they don't play an instrument, they just do stuff by ear, or they like you know pound out beats on the drum machine and samples and stuff like that. You don't get that. 
me ask you this. So is he more than just a piano man? I think so. <laughs> I think so. So Timlin may have just been mad then. Yeah. <laughs> and and Timlin, why, why are you throwing shade at Billy Joel? Don't throw shade at <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for our discussion on Scott Storch. Um, you can check out our playlist, uh, BTTYHT, produced by Scott Storch. Uh, yes, I did add Paris Hilton. Oh, yeah. Begrudgingly to the list. Burn it up. Burn it up. <laughs> <laughs> so you can check that out along with our other playlist that we have um, made. Uh, correspond to different episodes on this show just search bttyht if you search that then they should all come up in the in the search results so let's get to my earworm of the week um what you got greg this is the second entry by this particular group let me can i guess is it on the we lit playlist yes okay all right (laughs) um Previous, I, previously, I added uh, I'm in Control. So this one is off the same album I remember. It's called Wonderlust, Wonderlust by Aluna George. Mm. Um, I hadn't gone, I hadn't gotten through listening to the whole album, but I actually <laughs> had listened to half of it because like at least five of the songs had been on the We Lit playlist at one point or another. <laughs> um, I... Uh, it has kind of a, a cinematic feel to it. Um, it's still like, you know, that trap pop mm-hmm. island, uh, wait, Tropic. uh, tropical house, mm-hmm. <laughs> that tropical house uh, kind of feel to it. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is Wonderlust by Aluna George.
right, that is Wonderlust by Aluna George from their album I Remember. Um, yeah, it's on the We Lit playlist as well if you <laughs> want to follow that one. <laughs> uh, of course, it's been added to the BTT YHT Earworms playlist. Um, do you want to do the a musician we know? Or let's save it for the next episode. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. gotta save it. All right, so we'll we'll save that for the next episode. Uh, should we tell them what it is now? Or no, we'll, they can go to Instagram. They can okay. Yeah. So follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell them how they can follow us, man, and where else they can find us. You can find us at bythetimeyouhearthis.com. dot com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook dot com slash bythetimeyouhearthis, spelled with the word you. You can find us on Instagram at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. You know what I wanted to say? Because we're united. But kidding, kidding. We we won't no, hurt we're you. Not. We we won't drag you from a plane <laughs> kicking and screaming. Uh, you can find us. So of course you you post the podcast on by the time you hear this dot com. Um, we're on Podomatic. We're on TuneIn. We're on Castbox. Satchel Podcast Player. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Play. Um, there are plenty of places to find us. If you have found us, thank you for listening. We're like so excited. Yeah. Um, I just did the hand motion. With that <laughs> but really, we're excited. You know, we, we want people to listen and send us feedback. Um, if you think we suck, send us feedback. We won't know unless you tell us that we suck. Yeah, yeah we won't. We won't know. So nope. if you hate what we're doing, send us an email. Mm hmm. <laughs> we may or may not take it seriously we don't know but yeah we're just looking for any feedback is good feedback you know comment rate us um i don't have an iphone anymore but can you still comment and rate the podcasts on um itunes yes okay please yeah. do mm-hmm. we, we we welcome it so um yeah yeah all right we'll be back <laughs> <laughs> all right um well let's end the show with uh another scott storch produced song um mm. not beyonce so what else <laughs> um i'm trying to think make it rain make it rain yeah make it rain all right so make it rain by fat joe and lil wayne um another song that um reminds me of west georgia <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, Fat Joe and Lil Wayne make it rain produced by Scott Storch and we will talk to you guys soon peace peace
seen the best go. You can see how that metal. I'm a hustler, hustler. A pusher's pusher. You a buster, a customer. I get to some cooker. Get crackers, a chemist. I pack an 11. I'm Mac in a 7. I clap at your reverend. I see you in NY. I send you an invite. You gon' need you a pass. That's the code that we live by. Yeah, I'm in this bitch with terror. Got a head full of stacks. Better grab an umbrella. I make it right. I make it right. 